0: As B2B marketers, our role is to help by creating a huge buzz within our target organizations. You're listening to the Flip My Funnel podcast, a daily podcast dedicated to helping B2B marketing, sales, and customer success professionals become masters of their craft. It's Friday, so this is our hashtag one hero episode. In these episodes, we highlight and celebrate a blog post and contributor from our community and discuss topics surrounding sales, marketing, and customer success. Here we go.
1: Hey, everyone, and welcome to the Flip My Funnel podcast. My name is Caitlin Lutz, and this is our Friday episode. So, today on this episode, we are so excited. We have James Snyder from Punch. He's the sales and marketing director and one of the founders of Punch. So, hi James.
0: Hello. Thank you very much for having me.
1: Absolutely. Okay, so we're going to dive right into a bunch of different things. We're going to be talking about video outreach and, you know, just how you can get more creative in your outreach as well as how to, you know, make your outreach more creative once prospects have become customers and that sort of thing. But to start off, James, could you just introduce yourself and Punch and what you're doing over there?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And firstly, Caitlin, I'm really excited to be here. I spent the last week on a vacation in Greece Mm -hmm. and I literally listened to about 99 episodes of Flip My Funnel. (laughs) And I didn't realize, but you can listen to Flip My Funnel or you can listen to podcasts and audiobooks on like 1.5 speed. Yeah. Um, yeah. My girlfriend was really getting frustrated. So when you, when you reached out and asked whether I'd be open to contributing to the podcast, literally, I, I, said, it, I said to my girlfriend, "Jay, hey, I'm going to be involved, and she literally didn't know whether to laugh or cry. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yes, so I'm one of the founders at Punch. We're a consultancy in the U.K., helping predominantly tech brands with their EMEA account-based marketing. So we help with strategy as well as execution of that strategy, helping to drive opportunities for our clients with their key target accounts in the EMEA region.
1: Great, great. So James, what is your team doing over there when you're reaching out to people? Because I know that you guys have a lot of creative strategies and you know, I originally saw you, how I originally found you was I posted something in our online community on flipmyfunnel.org. And I asked, you know, if people were doing video outreach and if they were seeing success from it. And you said, absolutely. Our team is seeing huge success from it. And you had all these video pods that you built. So could you just talk about those and then just the type of outreach that you guys are doing?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So we've been using the tool Go Video from Vidyard to send, well, record and send personalized videos to our key prospects, and it's, it's hugely successful. <laughs> we've um, we've literally um, so for every twenty videos that we send, we get one booking, which is like unbelievable. Wow. Um, and due to the success, we have invested heavily in building these soundproof. Mini studios in the office because one of the challenges that we found, and one of the challenges that I'm sure a lot of your listeners have had when using personalized video, is that firstly, if you're in a busy, noisy office, then that sound can slightly pollute the video. And secondly, I mean, this is certainly the case in the UK. I don't know what it's like in the US, but I think in the UK, we are slightly more reserved and private people. So, you know, recording personalized videos in a room in front of lots of people can be quite daunting for salespeople. So by building these soundproof mini sort of studios, it's allowed our salespeople to have the privacy and be, feel kind of confident and, and like free in the fact that they can record these videos. And what we do is we actually brand the backdrops as well. So say, for example, a client's got an event coming up mm-hmm. and they want us to help promote that event. Rather than just uh, making lots of phone calls and sending lots of regular emails, we would brand the backdrop of this, of these, of these studios, and have one of our salespeople or SDRs sit in this studio behind this lovely branded back or in front of this lovely branded backdrop and send out messages about the event. So yeah, I mean that's the story around the uh, the, the, the studios.
1: Yeah, yeah, and so. And I know before this, we were talking a little bit about messaging and how, I mean, you can do a bunch of creative outreach, but if you don't have a strong message, you know, that's really not going to go anywhere. So, how do you build a strong message?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, as you said, you can do all the creative outreach in the world, but unless the message is strong enough to resonate with your target accounts and your target personas, then it's just going to get lost. So, there's a fantastic book, which is conversations that win the complex sale. And basically the process that we adopt is to having undertaking an audience analysis to really understand who the buyer personas are, what their key challenges are. We then build out um these sort of we call them they call power positions. And you'll see in that book um these sort of power position statements which basically align your differentiator up with a challenge that your persona is facing, and then backing that up with some form of insight or some sort of statistics. So for example, we know that, so Punch targets, generally we target technology businesses, and we know that there are 100,000 new tech firms launching every year. So it's incredibly difficult for you to stand out. (laughs) So by Leaning in on that type of message, and it's it's sort of like the challenger sale type thing. We can then start building out stories. Right. So once you've got your message or your power position for each of your personas, then the process is to start brainstorming and coming up with creative campaigns that can leverage all of the various channels. So not just personalised video, or not just social outreach, or the phone or email, but also sending you know unique experience type direct mail pieces so to provide you with an example we've recently run a a campaign where the message and the story was built around a fairy tale and in fact um, to be more specific Rapunzel (laughs) which is is Rapunzel a thing in the US or is that just a UK thing
1: Oh, it's definitely a thing in the US, yeah. There's Disney movie about it, the whole deal.
0: Okay, maybe, yeah, that's that's a good shout, actually. <laughs> um, so basically, what we did is we built this story and we used all of the various channels to lean in on that story. So everything was referencing the story. Everything was referencing Rapunzel's long hair. I won't go into the specifics, but actually one of the elements to this was sending out... We have an artist here, like an illustrator, and she Mm -hmm. created these amazing pieces of art that the individuals from within the target accounts were in the story. So when they received this illustration, they could see themselves in the story, the message tied in. And then, of course, there was a video message to follow up to say, hey, guys, did you receive your your Rapunzel fairy tale? Here's some content to follow up on that. And then there was a call to action at the end of the video, taking them to a landing page with some content um, that was free to download. There was, it wasn't gated. And it all referenced the kind of the fairytale theme around that messaging. You know, so that's just one example. But generally speaking, I think because of the volume of noise in the B2B world, we have to do things that will completely differentiate ourselves from any of our competitors. And as a result of having access to good data and understanding who are our priority accounts, we can attribute more budget and more creativity around our campaigns with a view to building and creating a buzz.
1: That's awesome. So outside of, you know, having those studios to record uh, personalized videos for your SDRs, what other creative techniques are you guys using to reach out to people or to get someone's attention?
0: Yeah, so that's a really good question. and um, I mean, just sending videos alone doesn't quite cut it in a world where there's like 100,000 new technology businesses launching every year. So what we found is by combining video with other touch points like direct mail or other sort of guerrilla marketing type tactics, and then referencing those tactics within the video, it's much more effective. So provide you with an example as to how you might sort of build out a campaign, I mean, firstly, every campaign has a story and that story needs to base itself around the messaging that resonates most with your audience. So what we do is having analyzed your audience, um, we would build messaging that sort of, sort of taps into the challenges that the, the kind of key personas may be facing. And then off the back of those challenges, creating a story. Right. So to provide you with an example, so we've recently created a fairy tale story that involves Rapunzel letting her <laughs> hair down. So, you know, something that's fairly creative. Yeah. Um, and, then, and then we've delivered that story in a campaign that leverages video, but then also leverages sending out, and we've got this illustrator in-house. So she creates these amazing illustrations, hand-drawn illustrations that go out via direct mail. We reference the, the illustration in the video goes out via direct mail and obviously the the characters within the illustration are the individuals from within the target accounts. So so they, they, you know, obviously they, they sort of love the fact that we've created this visual specifically for them and they feature within the visual. I think the meeting rate for that was like 50%. So for every two fairy tales sent out, we had one person come back to us and say, yeah, we'd, we'd, we'd love to have a chat. I, I think there's too much, obviously, you know, there's there's so much noise in business to business marketing. As I said, there's 100,000 new tech firms launching every year. So marketers have to think of things or marketers have to be really creative in the way they do things in order to stand out. And so... I think there's a real opportunity for companies to use tactics such as perhaps guerrilla marketing or building experiences into their outreach. I think like 10 years ago when we didn't have intense data and we didn't have the knowledge around which of the target accounts are most likely to buy, then the the tactic of the sort of spray and pray approach mm-hmm. that was the only way we could do things. And I think like a lot of marketers now are bemoaning that approach saying, you know, it's terrible that we've done this, this sort of cold email and cold calling outreach. Like the bottom line is that there wasn't data 10 years ago to allow you to, to sort of focus on the accounts most likely to buy because, yeah, as I said, that data wasn't there. But now we have access to these great sort of predictive data tools and these intent data tools it means that we can put priority on the accounts that are most likely to buy and therefore attribute more of our marketing budgets towards those target accounts. Do you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Because, I mean, how else would you know whether to spend all that time if you're building this personalized fairy tale story? You know, you don't want to send that to someone who is not ready to buy or who wouldn't be a good fit for your business. Which is the whole point of account based marketing, right? (laughs) So how did you start thinking about all of these, you know, creative tactics? I know that we had talked about right before we hit record, you were in the music industry and how did you connect being creative to reaching out to these companies?
0: Yeah. So so I used to be in a band and we had some success in Japan and we played in actually played in the, the Southwest Southwest music. Festival in Texas. We played in New York, and in the music industry, it's really hard. It's like seriously it's hard. It's hard. If you think that uh, business to business marketing and standing out is tough, then like try making it in a band. It's like really tough. <laughs> so, <laughs> so in order to make it in a band, you have to create a real buzz within the music industry. And so, one of the the tactics that we used is we set up a monthly club night in a town just south of London, and we felt that if we were to sell out this club night on a monthly basis, we'd start building up a following. However, there were loads of other club nights going on, you know, there's lots of DJs playing, and it's tough to to just launch a club night. So something we did is we went to a, it's actually, this is pure coincidence, but we went, I went to a charity shop, <laughs> as you do. And so I think back, you know, when I was sort of 18, 19 years old, it was cool to wear vintage, retro clothing. So right. we, used to shop, we used to shop in charity shops. Um, <laughs> and yeah, no, exactly. So I was in this charity shop and I came across this massive suitcase with about 500 seven-inch vinyls. So you know those old sort of vinyls that you used yeah. to put on record players. And we thought, let's use these vinyls as tickets. So we branded the vinyl, these vinyls up with branding for the event. And then we went on the streets and basically sold these vinyls as tickets for the club night. And it created, this is back in the days of MySpace, by the way, um, it created this massive buzz. So people were talking about this club night. And then so the music industry started talking about us. And that's how we sort of got our big break. So we always think back to that buzz that was created. And I think that as B2B marketers, our role is to help by creating a huge buzz within our target organizations. So we think back to the success of those vinyls and apply that in in our sort of in our strategies and our creative thinking.
1: I love that. That's super, super interesting. I think the big question that a lot of people would have is how do you scale any of this? Because, you know, creative ideas are fantastic. But say you have 500 target accounts that you want to reach out to with this content, creative content or creative direct mail or, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Is that important, do you think? Or, you know, is there a give and take there? What's your take on that?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, um, look, it boils down to ROI at the end of the day. It boils down to separating your tier one, tier two, tier three accounts and creating bespoke strategies based on the potential return. So- we don't just um, send out these sort of like fairy tales <laughs> or um, other kind of expensive direct mail pieces um, to every single account or every, or in fact, every single contact from within target accounts. So yes. every contact will have a slightly different, uh, we call it a workflow. So an account based marketing workflow, which is basically their buying journey mapped out. Um, so every target account and every persona or or contact from within those target accounts will have a slightly different approach and there'll be different tactics. And it all goes back to what is the potential value of landing this account? And based on the potential value, we should attribute X amount or X number of pounds or dollars to, to, to sort of make sure that the ROI adds up and stacks up.
1: Right. Absolutely. So another question that I have for you is, you know, we talk all the time about being creative and and ways to get someone's attention and you know create a buzz within the organization that you're trying to reach out to. But say that prospect or that future customer becomes a customer, how do you carry on the momentum once they have converted? Is that important, or what do you think?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So I mean, one one of the things that we do is. Having tiered the accounts, when a client converts a customer, um, then there's a sort of a tiered sort of strategy in order to continue that relationship and and continue to further create buzz within those target accounts. So I'll provide you with an example. It might be that and we would always recommend you do this. uh, you, You have this down as a process rather than being... Too spontaneous, although sometimes being spontaneous is good. But for a tier one account, you might say, after the first month, we're going to organize for our CEO to write a letter to the key contacts from within that account to say thank you, you know, thank you for your business. After month three, we're going to send out a big batch of freshly made cookies again, sort of continuing that relationship. Uh, It might be that there's a specific date in the calendar that like, for example, Valentine's Day or Halloween or Christmas that you know that on that particular date, all of the clients are going to receive a certain gift or a certain treat. Um, So by building out some sort of process where you're constantly reaching out to the clients with basically with, you know, creative gifts and treats, sort of continues to create that buzz.
1: Right, right. And then they become your advocates.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. And in fact, so we, and, b- and by the way, you can do this across the world. So, so I was, and it works not just with speaking to your customers. So I'll give you an example. So we had a, a prospect in Latvia of all places. I've never been to Latvia. Have you been to Latvia?
1: I have definitely not been to Latvia. <laughs> okay,
0: so <laughs> we had a we had a prospect call with it was a WebEx with a company in Latvia. And after the WebEx finished, what we decided to do is send some freshly baked goods to the prospect to say thank you for their time. And we found we find that it's really effective. So when you have a prospect meeting, when that meeting's finished, get something sent out in the post and say thank you. So you get like some nice cookies or some cupcakes or whatever it is so anyway this this company in latvia you know we thought okay so we did we did this a lot by the way we like every meeting we have we send out baked goods afterwards because everyone loves baked goods and um, we were slightly concerned like being in latvia are we going to be able to find something and believe it or not there literally is a bakery in the town that this person was based at that was quite happily to send really cool looking eclairs to do you have a in in the US?
1: We do, we do have a
0: Okay, cool. Um so so we organized same-day delivery, really nice Eclairs, went straight out, and she absolutely loved it. And she, you know, she emailed back and said, lovely Eclairs, <laughs> not, lovely touch. So yeah, and actually another one is so in the UK we have a food service called Deliveroo, And basically you can order food like takeaways or basically any food and someone on a motorbike will go to your favorite restaurant and they'll deliver food for you so we had a meeting with a really large tech firm who we knew we knew we wanted to do business with and we knew that they were in a meeting from 7:30 in the morning right the way through to 4:30 p.m. in the afternoon and our meeting with them was at 4:30 p.m. so we had the graveyard shift basically right. so like we knew that they were going to be absolutely knackered by the time the meeting started. So we organized some Ben's cookies to land on their desk literally 10 minutes before the meeting to say, (laughs) hey guys, Punch are arriving. Here are the cookies. We look forward to sharing them with you. And unfortunately, they ate all the cookies before we got there. But the bottom line is they absolutely loved it. And I just think like, these are the sorts of things you can do to create a buzz within your target accounts. I think marketing can support sales by having this sort of constant loop of who who are sales meeting with? How can marketing support by sending sort of these, you know, we actually call them buzz gives. <laughs> so sending these like sort of cool treats.
1: That's amazing. That's amazing. Okay, so just to summarize all that we have talked about and all that you guys are doing over at Punch. So... I think for, you know, when you're prospecting accounts, you're in your prospecting uh, future customers, you know, there's always something that you can do to make your outreach personal. And some things might not be as scalable as you want them to be, but that's okay. And you can use that for your top, top tier one accounts. You don't have to do it for every contact, but there is always something that you can do to better personalize your touches. And that continues throughout the the process as well, throughout the sales process, and even into becoming a customer and continuing to delight people with these sort of buzz touches. And so marketers, you know, communicate with your sales team And, you know, there's a huge opportunity to to help, obviously, by creating that buzz within your your target organizations. And so hopefully, James, you have, I'm sure, inspired a bunch of people to be more creative in their outreach and be more creative through the entire customer journey. And not just even at the beginning or or to get someone's attention, but to continue to delight them along the way so that they can become your advocates. Perfect. Amazing. Well, James, thank you so much for, for being on the show. And I uh, hope that you are having a wonderful time in the UK eating eclairs in Latvia <laughs> <Austria> Awesome!
0: <laughs> thank you very much.
1: All right. Have a great one.
0: You've been listening to the Flip My Funnel podcast. To make sure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player.